So what causes fear and why is fear actually a good thing? I'm Natalie Sisson and this is what I'm going to be talking about on this week's Quest for Freedom podcast. Plus, I'm going to be giving you six ways to test and measure whether or not your fear is helpful and if it should be embraced or ignored. Sound good? Let's dive in. I'd like to know if there's something important that you've been wanting to do for a long time. Maybe it's quitting your job to launch a new business or asking out that special person you've had a crush on for years or even standing up to someone who has wronged you. You know what you need to do and you know it'll help you to grow, but you can't quite do it. There's this kind of weight inside you that's stopping you from taking action. But what if this isn't completely a bad thing? For the longest time, I've had this pretty, I would say, healthy attitude to fear. And I often tell my friends when they ask me, but how do you just do those things? And I'm like, well, I just like make it happen. Like if I really want something badly enough, I'll make it happen. And if I'm really, really scared, I often say that I take fear out for lunch. I sit down across the table from her and I say, hey, thanks for being here, but I don't need you right now. And I feel like the minute that I've personalized fear and made it into something that seems tangible, it's much easier to dismiss or move past. It's the irrational fears that are the ones that have kind of crippled me in the past or stopped me from doing something. So why do we actually feel fear? Well, a couple of things. Fear is a great teacher. She's only doing what she thinks best to protect you from certain failure. And in most cases, I like to think of her as an overbearing parent that you just don't need advice from. Sometimes, though, when you feel fear deep in your gut and it's the type that, you know, actually makes you scared, you definitely want to listen. I've had a few of those moments when I've been traveling when somebody tried to steal my suitcase and it absolutely scared the heck out of me. But I turned around and raced off after them on their scooter. Fear is actually a chemically induced state to help you proceed with caution, fight or flight. So you've heard of the fight or flight syndrome. It's like something that's built into our DNA that actually will help us save our lives, especially in dangerous situations. And without it, we'd probably make really dumb, impulsive choices. But many times fear is actually a learned response. And it's something maybe that you grew up with parents who were nervous drivers. So you would have learned subconsciously that driving should be met with extreme caution. Or it's something else that you've seen throughout your life and you've basically taken on board that habit or you've exhibited that behavior yourself, but it's not actually your natural way of doing things. So now we know that even though it doesn't feel fun, fear is often an ally and it's ultimately a good thing. But our bodies aren't perfect and we can't have irrational fear that holds us back. Otherwise, we'd never freaking do anything. Imagine all the entrepreneurs out there who were so fearful that they never took a chance and started their business. We wouldn't have half of the incredible products, services, technologies, and gadgets available to us today. So I'm going to show you six ways to test and measure whether or not your fear is helpful and if it should be embraced or ignored. Hopefully that sounds good. Number one, create a list of pros and cons. So if you have a big decision to make that you've been holding back on, grab a piece of paper and just draw up a list of pros and cons surrounding this decision. Score each one out of 10 for how relevant a reason it is and use this as a rational weighing scale to make your choice. And this way you'll be in a much better position to make an informed decision that's not based on fear. Often it's based on facts. Number two, talk to your close friends. 
you're likely not the only one going through this. So call a friend or meet them in person to discuss through this fear that you're feeling and have them share their perspective. They'll understand because fear affects everyone. It's hardwired into our DNA. But they also know you best, so they know when to call you out and when to support you. That's what friends are for, right? Number three I'd suggest is to explore the absolute worst-case scenario. So what would happen if your worst fear came to light? Ask yourself if you could live with it. And what you'll find is things won't be half as scary as you first thought them to be. This is actually a stoic exercise created by Marcus Aurelius. But what I just find really interesting about it is if you actually go through the scenarios of what the worst thing is that could happen, is that none of those seem as scary as they did in your irrational mind before you really thought them through. Number four, find better answers. If you want to find better answers, you need to ask better questions. I always remember Amy Porterfield, who was actually quoting Tony Robbins, that if you want better answers, you have to ask better questions. And if we do this when it comes to our the thing that's holding us back, we can actually reduce the amount of fear we feel and create a more accurate perspective from which to judge our choices. So similar to the pros and cons list, sometimes just asking better questions, like what am I really scared of right now? There's actually a list of fantastic questions that I'll link to in the show notes that you can find at nataliesisson.com forward slash 43. So definitely check those out. Number five is to get rid of others' expectations of you. So you need to make sure that the sphere is not actually based on what other people think of you and that you're not taking action because you fear people will judge you if you fail or if you make the leap. And the best way to deal with this is to meditate, actually, <laughs> to have some deep belly breaths that I talked about in a couple of previous episodes. And thanks to the wonderful people who said they actually went through and did those deep belly breaths with me at the time because I felt like a little bit silly uh, breathing into the microphone. Anyway, breathing deeply and meditating really brings you back to the present moment, which can give you the real perspective you need at the time rather than the scared-ass perspective that you have. And it can help you to look within yourself and ask yourself, am I making this choice for me? Or other people. Like you should never let anybody put you off doing something that you always want to do because you're a bit scared of how they'll judge you. Like who are they to judge you? Don't ever let anybody else scare you into not taking action and following your dreams. And finally, number six is to forgive yourself. I mean, we're all in this journey together and none of us is perfect. So give yourself permission to make mistakes and good things will happen. Fail fast and fail quickly, as I like to say, and so do all the lean startup principle people. And if you prefer to get advice from a comedian, Jim Carrey said this of playing life safe and not taking risks. You can fail at what you don't want, so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. I really love that one. You want me to repeat it? You can fail at what you don't want, so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. And just by listening to my podcast today, I hope you've taken some steps to understanding this complicated love-hate relationship we have with fear. And when you're trying to decide whether or not to take the plunge on something big that's concerning you right now, I want you to challenge your fear and write down what it is. Just write it down on a piece of paper. And if you're even more awesome, you can share it with me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at Natalie Sisson. I would love for you to come across and say hi. Often when you write down your fear, you make it that much less scary and you can see it for what it really is, a guiding beacon that helps you make a decision in your favor. And remember, 
and I think this is a great piece of advice, it is not about living without fear completely. It's about making a long-term commitment to it. Accepting this makes it far easier to embrace and use it to its best effect. I hope that you found those sort of six ways to really dissect the fear that you're currently feeling and apply it to it, and I hope that it helps you greatly. And just by way of reference, I woke up at 3.30 a.m. this morning thinking about revenue and income and costs of living and not necessarily fearful, but just really having sort of one of those moments of like, ooh, this is a little bit scary and which way are we heading and how can we improve this? And just by talking it through with Josh at 3.30 a.m. in the morning, so much of it was just irrational. It was just me waking up and, and worrying, uh, which I don't often do. And I think just in that moment, just really voicing some of those fears, some of those concerns giving them a voice, I guess, and talking them through just made them all seem so doable and achievable and not actually half as important as I was making out in my mind. So please look at those tips and do let me know what you think and if you've applied them and how they've helped you to overcome your fear or direct and use your fear for a much greater purpose in life, which is to help you really take action and get some full-on momentum towards living your ideal freedom life. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Natalie Sisson. This is The Quest for Freedom. And hopefully you've subscribed in whichever player you're listening to right now. And if that's Spotify, welcome. I just got this listed on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify user, search for Quest for Freedom there and listen in.